재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. We like to check in frequently with what Koreans are social media posting and reading about in their mainstream media. It's a little feature called Culture Pulse in which we kind of tap into the Korean mindset. And on Thursdays, we are joined by Natasha So to guide us along. Hey, Natasha. Good morning, Kurt. Well, obviously, on a week like this, lots of people are culture pulsing about the elections and the results, right? That's right. And a high turnout, 58, well, high or low, I guess, depending on how you look at it. But it resulted in the ruling Senate Party suffering major defeat. This, of course, marks the first time in 16 years that a ruling party failed to win parliamentary majority. Now, for the voters, each had their own reason for turning up. News One interviewed some of them and asked what motivated them to come out. And for 48-year-old Mr. Kim, he saw the educational value in letting his children see him vote. He said that it's his responsibility both as a citizen and as a parent. Meanwhile, for 21-year-old college student Ms. Che, for whom this is the first election since coming of age, she admitted that while she didn't really know much about politics, she put significance in the fact that she is taking part. I didn't notice it much among, you know, Korean posts and tweets and things, but one thing that foreign observers, Western observers were looking at was the coverage of the election. Uh, And... Usually, news coverage in Korea is so straight-laced and so serious, but at election time, they use these outlandish graphics. I know, the computer-generated Hilarious. You know, candidates as the Terminator or, you know, uh, runners or these almost cartoonish approach to, to graphics. And it's hilarious. It's the one I, time I, they cut loose. I think it was a surprise for Korean audience as well. Mm. Not just... I mean, they have... I've seen... Our, in past years, they've noticed it. This year, it seems they went over the top. Mm-hmm. One thing that's peculiar about Korean elections is this so-called 100-meter rule where you've got to really behave yourself in the vicinity of the polling stations, right? Right. And in detail, this uh, comes under the Public Official Election Act. Um, Speech or behavior supporting or opposing a specific party or candidate or even the mere act of encouraging people to vote within 100 meters of polling stations is not allowed. Mm. And if the offender refuses to comply, then voting clerks may ask for police assistance. So an example of this, yesterday morning in Daejeon, a 43-year-old man was restrained for repeatedly waving his hands while holding up two or three fingers near a polling station. And according to reports, he was inebriated and didn't actually vote. (laughs) So the local police came in and took him in for questioning. Okay. Uh, What are some online comments to the effect of the election? Well, in response to taking children to the voting station, one person wrote, My child's school assigned special homework yesterday to follow their parents to the polling station and take inzingshat or photographic evidence of that. It was a novel idea, but I think a good one. Yeah, but, but you can't do that, can you? No photos. Uh, you can, um, as long as it's not within the polling station. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you, you can photograph your parent near the polling station. Maybe you can uh, do the hand photograph oh, like that. Okay. Yeah. And as long as the parent's not like doing victory signs right. or things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so that's the election, and uh, the shakeout from that will be clearer and clearer as time goes by. Let's move on to topic two. We have to recognize this. It's uh, coming up on two years since the terrible Sewol incident, and uh, 
what what's happening two years on uh, to to mark that? Right. So this Saturday marks the second year, and ahead of this, the memorial forest was completed, and there was a ceremony to mark that recently. So it's called this Hewol Memorial Forest. Mm-hmm. And it was constructed to commemorate the 304 victims of the 2014 ferry sinking. It was completed in Jindo County of South Chola Province. Now, the idea for building this forest near the site of the Sewol sinking was first proposed by Sean Hepburn Ferrer last year, mm-hmm. a human rights activist and the eldest son of actress Audrey Hepburn. He collaborated with 416 Families for Truth and Safer Society, as well as the social impact enterprise Tree Planet. And an online crowdfunding effort raised nearly $200,000 from donations by around 3,000 people. And at the ceremony, which was held last week, two grandchildren of Audrey Hepburn were present, who delivered the following message of solidarity. Instead of flowers, we're dedicating a forest. Just as trees grow stronger with time, so we hope this hell is never forgotten. Yeah, we spoke to Sean Hepburn-Ferrer on this program about a year ago when he was here kind of uh, gathering momentum for the project and getting funds and things like that, and he told us about the plans for it. Uh, they do a lot of good, his uh, organization and Audrey Hepburn's legacy organization. We've also spoken to Tree Planet, which um, is actually, apart from this very solemn matter, is actually kind of a fun company. They it encourage is. people. You've seen their games, right? They encourage people to plant trees and so on, and they have like a virtual tree that you can take care of, which corresponds to an actual tree tree. out there. Right, and it's also the company that does a lot of the celebrity forests. Uh So the fans donate money for the celebrities. K-pop forests, right? Exactly. Now, these trees that are at the the Sewol site... They have a very special significance, even down to the kind of tree they chose. Exactly. So more than 300 ginkgo trees were planted, and the ginkgo trees were chosen for their 1,000-year lifespan and the yellow color of their leaves, which, Mm. of course, reflects the yellow ribbons that became a symbol of remembering and commemoration. Mm -hmm. Now, aside from the trees, the number 416 for April 16th, the date of the tragedy, was heavily incorporated into the forest design as well. For one, the forest sits on a hill in Pekdong, which lies at a distance of exactly 4.16 kilometers from the Pengmok port. And the memorial wall, which is fashioned into the shape of the letter Siot, stands exactly 4.16 meters tall. Hmm. And I imagine comments for this have been relatively supportive of this memorial project. Supportive? So it was quite polarized. Those in support were, we will never forget... I hope this will bring some warmth to the bereaved. Meanwhile, others expressed different sentiments, such as, I'm sick of hearing about this hell. And I just wish that just as much thought and commemoration was given to soldiers who died on duty, such as the Chonan vessel sinking victims. It seems that Seoul victims receive unending support and attention, while victims of other tragedies are quickly forgotten. Mm. That is quite uh, polarized, a uh, mm-hmm. real dichotomy of views there, I guess. In the Sewell case, you can't get over the fact that these were kids on a class trip, right. and that really tugs at your heart. Final topic today, this epic saga of trying to move vendors from the old Nuryangjin market, fish market, to a new facility still running into bumps. Still running into bumps, and it resulted in some of the vendors at the old site without electricity and seawater. Now, to understand this, a little bit of background. The Durangjin Fish Market, it's been occupying the same spot since the 1970s. And back in 2005, Suhyop, 
the company that manages the market, they said that you know the existing building is too old. We need an update. So their solution was to erect a new building right next to the old one. Sounds good. Sounds good. Construction began in 2010. It was completed last year, and all vendors that were slated to make the move in January this year, but many merchants have been digging in their heels because chief among their issues is that the new building gives them less space per vendor than the existing building, despite roughly a 40% higher fee charged by Suyop. On the other hand, Suyop claims that it has already talked and reached an agreement with the vendors during the construction phases. And as a result, although the new building was officially opened last month, right now only 200 of the 680 merchants have made the move. So less than a half. Yeah, less than half. What's interesting is that apparently the company and the government that was planning this big move never talked to the fish merchants. You know, never said, hey, what do you need? What can we do? So on and so forth. They just kind of planned it and said, now you're moving. And as a result, a lot of these merchants are saying, because of the way the place is ventilated and climate controlled, uh, the fish doesn't stay fresh as long because of the lower temperature in the open space. And I guess they're going to have to spend more money on electricity to cool their fish down in in tanks and with ice and that kind of stuff. And you brought up a good point, and I guess that is a central issue to this, is that the vendors are claiming that they haven't been given a chance to talk, while Suyop claims that they have actually sat down. So it's a he said, she said. But, uh, yeah, they say that that's the case. Mm -hmm. So on Monday, Suyop cut electricity and seawater supply to some sections of the old building, and in response, the Emergency Planning Committee representing the merchants sued Suyob Dorangjin of obstructing business, while Suyob explained that it had given warning and that it considers vendors in the old building illegal occupants mm. and is currently preparing eviction and damage suits against them. This uh, sounds like it's not going to end uh, pleasantly. I don't like the, the idea of uh, video crossing the wires of... Uh, old uh, mom-and-pop fish merchants being dragged out of a warehouse, but uh, that could be what happens. Real quickly, a couple of online responses. Well, uh, those in support of the merchants, an example comment would be, I heard the new building downsizes a vendor's floor space to roughly one-third the current dimensions. One of the unique charms of the Nurangin fish market is its vast open space, mm. where each shop has plenty of space for equipment, display and preparation. No wonder shops don't want to move. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, another online user in support of Suyop wrote, The new building was rightfully constructed according to a prior agreement reached between the vendors and Suyop. The real reason some vendors don't want to move is because they'll be losing their prime spot at the existing building. Mm-hmm. Another is that occupying passageway space in front of their shops, as they're doing now, is not allowed in the new building. Have you seen the new space? Not yet. Yeah, I love Noryangjin. It's one of my favorite spots. Oh, I love it. Man, yeah, yeah and uh, it's a great day to just kind of kick back for a few hours with friends. All right, that's all the time we have for Culture Pulse today. Natasha, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. And Korea Escape returns right after this.